Hi, this is Jared Hawk with CLEjournal.com and CLEList.com. Thanks for joining us uh, on our podcast. Uh, we're here today. We're going to talk about the shift from in-person learning and training in the CLE realm to online training uh, and, and what's precipitated that shift. And one of the early adopters of online live MCLE training is Lorman Education Services. Um, this is a company that's been in business for over 28 years, and they have pioneered a lot in the live seminar market and have recently uh, made a shift to go to online and discontinue their um, in-person live events. And joining me today is Ben Halverson, General Manager. How are you doing, Ben? I'm wonderful. Okay, great, and appreciate the time to, that you're given to, to talk to me today. No, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, so this shift to offering live events online uh, exclusively uh, was made around the beginning of this year, 2015. What started the shift to this point or the, the change to this point where you are stopping the, the in-person events and focusing solely on, on the online events. Sure. Uh, the actual, uh, and I want to kind of give a little clarifier as to what we're actually doing. We, we didn't per se quit the live seminar business as, as to what many probably think that we've done. Um, we've actually just stopped scheduling our live seminars and put a lot more focus into exactly what you've stated as far as the shift in the, the business mindset or the paradigm in, in CLE where it's primarily digital. Um, our goal was to provide what basically everybody in the CLE world has told us that they want, and they want faster, better, and um, they need it more digitally and, and more online. And that was our core focus was our was to give the customers and basically give those in the CLE world exactly what they were looking for. They wanted more online and more digital and, and less in person at, the point, at that point. Okay, and that makes sense because we're seeing this in a lot of industries as well. Um, and then my understanding is that uh, with, with every industry of continuing education, basically anything that does a live event that's not primarily social, it seems to be that the attendance has been shrinking over the years. Um, have you seen uh, that happen with the events that, that you used to schedule regularly before this shift, um, were you seeing less less people in the room? Yeah, you know, and it, as far as the whole attendance um, shift, we actually just saw more people going online and digitally, like you, like we've talked about. And the whole live event didn't necessarily see a complete decline in it. It just had more people shifting, and uh, and and. It, the, the actual decline, if you will, is more along the lines of people didn't want to commit um, to a full day. So we were getting a lot of questions of can we do just a half day or can we come in for the morning or can we just go the afternoon. And so uh, we were getting a lot of um, we couldn't, as far as questions that we couldn't meet at that moment as far as the different types of um, uh, deliverables that people were asking for just because their schedules just wouldn't allow for it. So, yeah, the, the low enrollments, if you will, they were – they weren't per se something that uh, did much for us or didn't – that wasn't our driving factor for what we made any decision on. It was a lot of the questions and the, the request for what they wanted was really pushed us in that direction. 
Okay, and then, so it sounds like that's why you reserve uh, the ability. You were very clear to say at the beginning that you are just not scheduling them as regularly, but if you see a need and you have a, a strong enough request, that is something that to meet those needs, it sounds like you'd be able to jump back into. Oh, absolutely. That is, uh, we've had several questions since the day that uh, we said that we would hold off on scheduling um, to put more uh, some live or put more live seminars out there on certain topics, and that uh, it it's still something that we'll consider. Um, it's still something that we uh, we are heavily weighing at every single uh, turn of our our, our business uh, moments that we have here, as far as meetings and discussions. And and uh, I think the biggest thing is going to come down to going to be the driving need for it uh, and, and right now the driving need is more, more digital and more online and and, and uh, more convenience if you will and that makes sense um, I've been involved in the continuing legal education world uh, for a few years now and I've worked with getting courses approved through the Idaho State Bar for example um, it seems that the questions that you were getting with do they want to leave and come a part day that also or come part of the day that also seems like this method of doing a shorter live online version is going to simplify the um, the accreditation with the state bars uh, simplify that process um, have, have you seen a difference in that was that did that go into the decision making you know it we did see some of that um, it didn't really put a lot into the decision making um yeah I, I, well, I come back to some of the decisions that we talked about here as far as what direction we were going to go and um i think a lot of it came down to what we heard from not just our customers probably just the industry uh just like just like you we've gone to several industry events and heard that people want information faster um probably in today's world that doesn't seem too out of the ordinary when people are getting bored with three-minute YouTube clips. Um, we know that a eight-hour live seminar is not the next thing that they're looking for. Uh, we've, just, we, we've just heard so much of that that uh, was, uh, again, it, as much as the state bars have told us what we have to do for requirements and we, uh, we, we abide by every um, rule that they give us, uh, some of the stuff that uh, we, we couldn't provide at that moment uh, just came to light is because we're, we're listening to the customers at the moment. Okay. And that makes sense. Um, ultimately, it's the customers that keep your ability to provide education alive. Um, and so I see that, you know, that makes sense as the driving force there. Um, one thing as well uh, that I've noticed is that when you go to an all-day event, the cost per credit compared to one of your online events is higher. Um, I understand you've got uh, a convenience factor that rolls into that. Um, you can walk, you listen from your office. You can pick the day uh, a lot easier, um, especially if you do uh, different topics on different months and you come back to those same topics. Uh, but what are other benefits uh, that you see from that make up for that um, that higher cost per credit, or have you done anything at Lorman to to mitigate that? Yeah, actually, I would say there's as far as the live event in compare the live or the live webinar or the live uh, online event versus the live seminar, the per credit hour, if you will, it, you, you're going to have that gap. Um, the way that we've mitigated that or the way that we've uh, become more attractive in that realm is uh, is, is give people um, a, a better 
per credit or hour per, uh, as far as the per credit hour uh, benefit as far as with our memberships um, or with our blocks of courses. We're, our goal is to provide those that are looking for credit uh, the best bang for their dollar, if you will. Uh, we we put it out there that uh, you can get unlimited training for an X amount of dollars throughout the year. We're, we're fully aware of um, what people need for accreditation, and uh, that's our, our goal is to provide as much as we possibly can to give them efficiency with their dollar, but more importantly, more efficiency with their time and uh, and their schedule. Okay, and so just to just to just clarify, uh, they can come in and pay a set fee, and then attend. When you say it's unlimited, they can attend then unlimited amounts of of the um, online live live online events, the webinars. Correct. Yeah, our suite, if you will, without putting too much of a plug out there for for our company's products, it, you know, our we do the on demand, which is twenty four seven. You can access it with credit, or you can go to the live events, which it's scheduled, and that's during the time that it's set throughout the day, and you can attend those and get credit. And yes, that is unlimited, and you choose and go whenever you feel like it. And there's obviously a suite of other stuff that comes with it, but for the most part, from the credit and the CLE perspective, that's where you're going to get most of your uh, your credit or your your budget. If efficiency, if you will. And we've seen a shift uh, in that a lot of companies uh, across the board are going to a a software as a service or a pay-as-you-go with that unlimited access. And I think especially the younger generation of up-and-coming attorneys, um, what we would call the the high bar number members that uh, have the most amount of digits, the young ones, and as well as later adopters, um, they're getting used to the idea of paying a annual fee or a monthly fee and then being able to access the service as they like. So that makes sense to me, and uh, I do think that that is a great selling point for you. Um, I'm not going to be surprised if we see that model uh, go across the board with uh, other education uh, providers and topics and, uh, and uh, companies. Um, one question that I've that I do have as well, and I didn't think of this at first when I saw this shift, but a lot of the, the in-person seminars drew local talent. And with Lorman specifically, uh, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but most of your seminars were local presenters that talked about local issues. Is that fair to say? That's correct. Okay. Um, what do you do there now when you have a national seminar um, that uh, – do you do anything that addresses the state issues, or what's your focus with the national, uh, the national um, seminar, webinar topics? Sure. Uh, a lot of the national topics that we deal with, uh, in, especially in 90 minutes, is going to cover just you know, your, your national level, either legalities or laws or, or, to, or um, agenda items, if you will. But we do carry and, and, and understand that we have to have some state information to be valuable on the state level. Um, there is not a you wouldn't <clears throat> excuse me you wouldn't be surprised to find that some of our 90-minute live webinars would carry two to three faculty on board um, from the, the local level to cover some of the broad areas uh, from the regions, if you will, just so that they can uh, so our attendees can get that local information. So we're not swaying so much from it. And we're not wasting a lot of time during the 90 minutes for people, say, that are in uh, the East Coast listening to a West Coast um, pitch from a, for as far as agenda items. But for the most part, uh, we do try to cover as much as we can on the national level, and we do touch on the state levels within our 90 minutes. Um, we still do uh, a, a 
an a la carte, if you will, of um, state-specific live webinars, uh, and they're still 90 minutes or they're 60 minutes depending on the topic and, and the breadth. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it, we're still covering as much as even the local experts that uh, we had for the in-person live seminars, we still carry within our live webinars, and, and they do a fantastic job from teaching the national level uh, and, and still covering as much as they possibly can on the local level, including any of the questions that they have on the local level from local attendees. Okay, and that was going to be my next question. Um, are attendees able to contact the presenters to clarify, say, a local state issue um, after the event? Uh, how does that work? Tell me a little absolutely, bit Absolutely, absolutely. Um, our faculty, um, we, we push to answer more and more questions. That's, uh, that's what we want them to do. We, we want them to get um, good questions from our attendees, be able to be the expert, uh, be able to provide the best information for our attendees. And it's a good relationship for us to have our attendees have a good relationship with our faculty, so we do push that. Okay, that's, that's great. Um, this next question might sound a little bit uh, blunt and asking, asking a little bit behind the scenes, but in live events, when you have presenters in front of you, it, there is no way to hide from a difficult question, a controversial question, or potentially even a question that the presenter is not aware of, maybe a very advanced specific question. Um, how does the Q&A process work during the live 90 minutes? Uh, you know, how, how do you vet or uh, decide which questions to answer? Sure. We we don't vet a ton. Um, we actually uh, we live and we live and die by the live. Uh, we we love that, uh, and our attendees love that. I think we we find a lot of attendees that uh, come to the event and try to get the most information for themselves. So regardless if we vetted the information ahead of time or if we even vetted it right before the moment they were going to ask it. Uh, they're still going to ask something that they, which is kind of what we call the stump the presenter. Uh, and the reason we want them to kind of do that is uh, we don't want to make our faculty look like they can't answer the question because our faculty actually do request that we do that. Uh, they like to have that. They like to have the hard, challenging questions, and, and the attendees want to ask the hard, challenging questions. And the, the beauty of live is the beauty of live. It's where you get to see mistakes. Um, it's not canned. It's not something uh, that our faculty are selling uh, a service. It's uh, it's what makes education great. Is we get to learn together. It's, it's it's not a. It's not our our faculty trying to sell a service to the attendee where the attendee feels like I just showed up and, and paid good money to listen to somebody talk about just themselves. That's not that's not our intent, and that's not what uh, our company is all about. And nor is what our faculty doing for themselves. Uh, this is purely educational, and that's what the attendees get. So live is for us the the best way. It provides a real real moment of education at that point. Very good. And uh, that makes sense to me. That would build credibility in my eyes um, for an expert to say that is very advanced. Uh, look at it this way or turn the question over to another panel member, etc. Because that lets me know they're tuned in to me. And it sounds like your process is geared to that rather than the, as you said, the sales approach where it's a very one-to-many um, broadcast communication style. It, this is more uh, uh, take between the audience and the presenter. No, correct. That uh, we've uh, our faculty is 
is fully on board with the fact that they know that they're going to get hard questions and they like that. Uh, and our attendees know that they can ask hard questions. Uh, if they knew that they're coming in and having only the chance to just listen to an, to an expert who uh, didn't give them any information that was pertinent to them, they probably would come in with the fear of potentially not getting the information that they expected. Uh, if they got some of the information they expected um, at the end, that's what the Q&A is for, is to be able to ask the, for, the, for more information, for more clarifying. And, and our faculty are not afraid to say that they're not familiar with the question or they may not know the answer to take it offline um, to continue the discussion. That's really the relationship extends beyond 90 minutes for us and, and for our faculty for that matter is uh, we don't want the education to stop after 90 minutes. It's not uh, you didn't just buy something from us and it ends at that moment. It's, it's something that we want to continue. You got more from 90 minutes well after the 90 minutes is done. So, Okay, very good. And, and uh, along that question is a follow-up when you said yeah, they, there's a commitment that it doesn't just end after the 90 minutes. Do you offer any kind of on-site training that a large firm could request? Um, or are you finding that, again, most people just want the flexibility of I want it when I want it, or where I want it. No, that's the beauty of your you're spot on. That's the, the last piece, if you will, of some of the uh, services that we provide. We do a lot of the on-site training, or we do a lot of corporate uh, on-site training, but it comes down to when do you want it, how much do you want, and allows them to guide that process versus having to commit to what our process has guided them. So again, this is more the corporate training for us allows our customers to come to us and say, I want two hours of this, uh, the topic has to be driven to this, the agenda, and I'm looking for um, this type of expert in this field. That allows us to build a, prog a program for them based on what they want versus us saying, well, we can only do it this way or well, this is out of the box. So that's what actually stems more on-site training, if you will. Very good. I appreciate your time today and uh, look forward to seeing what Lorman does next. Yeah, thanks, thanks again for having me. This was uh, very helpful for me as well. I appreciate this. Thank you. That was Ben Halverson, General Manager of Lorman Education Services. And you can check them out on the web at lorman.com. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next time.